0: Thanks for tuning into the Songlines and Tan Lines podcast with Anthony Renfro. Those returning, thank you. Those new to this podcast, welcome. Now let's pull up the anchor and set sail. Underrate it. According to dictionary.com, it is something rate it or evaluate it too low. Underestimate it or undervalued. I start this episode with that definition because I truly believe, deep down in the bottom of my heart, the bowels of my heart, that this album, Riddles in the Sand, is one of the top five underrated albums in Jimmy Buffett's discography. In fact, the next three albums are probably equally as underrated. Last Mango in Paris, Floor and Hot Water. And you could also throw in Off to See the Lizard as well, another very underrated album. So in my mind, that was a great run of albums. One of his better runs in his career after Somewhere Over China that some say was a dip for him. I personally don't agree because I truly enjoy that album from start to finish, but I truly enjoy every Jimmy album from start to finish. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a parrot head, or nothing like that. I always find joy in his music, no matter what the album, even Beach House on the Moon. But I will say this, I do notice if a song or two is a bit less than other songs on the album. Few have a dip though. I do have ears, and my eyes are not truly blind like some fans, but I truly don't find much fault in any of Buffett's music, even at times when I probably should. That's why he's been a constant in my music catalog for so long, and why no matter which artist I'm currently vibing on, currently that's Rush, I think you guys have noticed that on the podcast, Jimmy is still a constant rotation. That's why I started this podcast. I wanted to share that love with whoever wants to listen, and thank you to those who do week in and week out. I couldn't do it without your support. Let me now guide this episode back to the album I want to talk about and let those other thoughts, those distractions, those sidebars drift away for a bit. Here's why I think Riddles in the Sand is so good and so underrated. Just listen to this list of songs. Who's the blonde stranger when the wildlife betrays me? Ragtop day. She's going out of my mind. Bigger than the both of us. that was just side one side two knees of my heart come to the moon decline. Burn That Bridge and La Vie don't Sant. Not a dud among them. And I think any one of those songs could have been featured on tour back in the 80s. They are all quality songs. And I think you noticed that I featured three of them. The reason why is because those songs have had a dismal, I mean, a dismal, dismal run in concert. It's ridiculous. The first song bigger than the both of us, has seen the concert stage only once, according to Setlist FM, where I get all my set list facts. And that was in 1997. And when I see 1997, that means only one thing. Yeah, you got it. You got it right. Who said that? Somebody said it back here. I heard it. You're right. That's right. It's Stumpo El Bando time once again. And Jimmy was stumped by this song. Let me repeat that. Jimmy was stumped by this song. And he was also stumped by Elvis Imitators on that night as well. You can find Elvis Imitators on his box set, Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Ballots, in case you want to listen to it. That song was supposed to be on somewhere over China, but it wasn't. Fun song, but I don't think it would have fit that album. Song two Come to the Moon, has only seen the concert stage once in 1997. And here we are again at Stumpo L Bando. And Jimmy was stumped by this song and another song from this same album, Burn That Bridge, which did finally get some love on tour in 2003 and 2004. That song, Burn That Bridge, didn't stump him on those tours. He managed to dust it off 20 times in that time frame. Still funny to me that in 1997, in one show, two songs from one album, one great album, stumped him. Come to the moon and burn that bridge. And I guess you could throw in on that same tour, bigger than the both of us as well. So that's technically three songs from one album that stumped him on tour. And I didn't look any further to see if anything else from Riddles stumped him. but who knows? Maybe it did. Song three, "Love and Decline," has never, not once, not even in Stumpoel Bando, seen the concert stage. Seriously, I think it's time Jimmy did another "Songs You Don't Know by Heart," and give us a backstage dive into this one. Would enjoy hearing the story behind it. Now let's move a bit deeper into the album and dig up some facts about it. According to Buffettworld.com, here are a few of them. This album saw a change to a new style of music Jimmy called Gulf and Western Music, which was the original name of the album. I like the name of that album. Should have named my podcast the Gulf and Western Music Podcast. Would that have worked? Maybe. Three singles were released, when the Wildlife Betrays Me reached number 42 on the Billboard Country Chart. Who's the Blonde Stranger reached number 37 on the Billboard Country Chart. And Bigger Than the Both of Us reached number 58 on the Billboard Country Chart. Videos for Who's the Blonde Stranger and La Vie Dansante were made but saw limited play. And I encourage you to seek those videos out. Fun stuff to watch. Very very extremely 80s, but a nice nostalgia trip back to the days when videos were just getting started and Jimmy still had his mustache. And according to BuffettNews.com, this album had a bit of chart success. Billboard 200 chart went to number 87 and the country chart, it went to number 18. At least it charted, right? That's a good thing. It's something Riddles in the Sand can hang its record on. Maybe not as high a charter as some of his albums, but still, it charted. So in my mind, that's a win for this record. I also found this on BuffettNews.com as well. It states, This album is dedicated with much love to Jane, and I can't pronounce his wife's middle name. It's spelled S-L-A-G-S-V-O-L. So I'm not going to try and pronounce it. So... I don't want to butcher it. I don't want to get James mad at me if he ever hears this podcast. And if he does hear this podcast, please, oh, please don't copyright strike me. Please, I beg you. And Buffett is the way it closes out with that statement. So it says, this album is dedicated with much love to Jane, S-L-A-G-S-V-O-L, Buffett, who over the years has been and remains the ultimate riddle in the sand. And I think, according to my research, my very limited research, that Jimmy and Jane almost got divorced, but reconciled before they did. it sounds like from what I read, Jimmy still wanted to party and Jane wanted to settle down. That's the vibe I got anyways, from perusing the various internet sites, and all this turmoil seems to have started back in the early eighties, close to the time the album was released. Maybe that's why he dedicated riddles in the sand to her because of all of the divorce talk. Some men give roses, some men dedicate albums, right? And I guess if you're Jimmy, you can do that. I will include a link to an article I found that goes much deeper into this in the show notes in case you want to read about it on your own. Last thing I found was on buffettnews.com and it was written by someone named Jim Harrison. I assume this was in the album Liner Notes years ago. I had the CD and now only currently stream it. So I don't really have any way of knowing if it was there or not. I assume it was. Here's what it said: What goes around comes around, say wise men and bars. Any good artist feels compelled to change, if not doomed, to change, and vary his art as much as he varies his life. Starting from the center, Buffett has shot off to a number of usual and unusual planets. Now in Riddles in the Sand, we see him coming home, not quite on A1A, but with the same richness of feeling that informed much of his earlier work. Years ago, down in Riviera Beach in southeast Texas, I saw some cowboys ride into town on horseback for a dinner of gulf shrimp and oysters. If you were Superman, you could have seen Key Western off there in the distance. This album was a musical range expanding in an arc from Bob Willis to Bob Marley, with the Gulf somehow always there. A low and high tidal range, sweet and piny like the Delta soil. Caribbean islands white with coral dust. Ladies as moist and sweet as a fresh broken conch. Rather than a return, Buffett is starting out from the center again with a vast expansion, both musically and emotionally. The music is a triumph for an American sound. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I do think Buffett did start to change his sound a little bit after this. Kind of went to more of a Gulf and Western sound, I guess you could say. Anyways, now it's your turn. Riddles in the Sand. Is it an underrated album worthy of acclaim among some of Jimmy's best albums? Which I think it is. Or is it not? Reach out to me and give me your thoughts and opinions, and maybe one or two of your own Buffett hidden gems. Let me drop anchor here and close out the episode. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you do enjoy what I do here, don't forget to rate and review this podcast once you finish the episode. And if you need to drop me a line on the Coconut Telegraph, you can find out to do that in the show notes. And recently I reached out to Adam from the Under 40 Victims of Fate podcast, and he did his Desert Island Challenge. If you want to take the Desert Island Challenge, pick two albums by Jimmy that you would take to a desert island and five songs that are not on those albums and tell me why you picked them. Send the answers to this email address and I'll read them on the show, gmail.com. You can also find all this in the show notes, like I said before. Or if you know how to record yourself and can send that recording in an email, you can do it that way too. I look forward to hearing your answers. Take care. Thanks for listening and have a great week.